Hello and welcome to For the Love of Stories. This is Jonah Fisher and my goodness is it good to be back. I have been out for a really long time uh, doing a lot of stuff. I've just been super busy and so I haven't been able to record on the schedule I want. But I've also been thinking a lot about what I want for the future of this podcast because it is not a top priority and so I sort of feel guilty as a result when I don't record. And I tell myself I'm going to do it and I just, I've never really had a time to do it. And so, like, I've made a lot of decisions, so I'm going to start announcing those in the weeks to come. Uh, I'm going to go on, as I announced earlier, I'm going to be doing a uh, uh, every two-week schedule. So, hopefully, if I can write enough in that time, I will continue doing Oh, so by the way, this is a full episode, I think. Yeah, I don't need to mention that. But yes, this is a full episode, which is exciting. Uh, I also have a really nice new mic. It is a boom mic that I've connected to my iPad and have been able to record with. A friend gave it to me, and it is working so much nicer than just uh, relying on sort of like a tiny external mic that I've been using beforehand that broke, and it's just easier to use this thing, and it's a lot nicer, so I'm very happy about that. Uh, So big news is I'm not going to be doing Dragons in Return anymore just because I'm not feeling like it was as planned and as strong as I wanted it to be, and I just... I'm not feeling it. And I did this in the last season. In the last season, I ended up really enjoying the story that I made. And a lot of it was not really, like, planned out. I just like doing it more. So, right now, I'm currently setting up uh, my uh, my dad's computer. Because I'm going to use it to read my script for today's episode. Uh, because we're starting a new story, which is actually came out of a uh, homework assignment that I got for school. I had to write a two-page story. I ended up writing a five-page story. So, um, yeah, I decided, well, this could be good. So, I'm already working on part two, but I decided why not read, start with the first episode uh, on this podcast. So, once I get that up and running, uh, we'll be ready. And I'm really excited to be back um, and just warning, this has a, uh, dictionary involved because it is based, it, well, not based, God, uh, it has a lot of sort of inspiration from the book Dune, which is a book I just read, and that book starts with a dictionary just to help, uh, well, not starts, ends with, but, uh, I will, at the end of this video, I will add a list of terms and words, or maybe I'll do it at the beginning, I don't know what I'm gonna do, also, this is a recording, i figure it out later, uh, but just like if if you listen to those, it'll explain some things like Grisen, I know, is something that a lot of people don't know when they read the story and then they read the dictionary and Grisen is uh, described. So you'll learn about that in a moment. But anyways, let's get into the story. I've wasted three minutes, so let's get into it. Uh, all right, here we go. Okay, so before we get into the story, I am right now doing the dictionary or the terms and words because I'm gonna just, it makes it easier when you're hearing the story. Um, so just know like some of the math is not super accurate just because when I was writing this, I didn't, I didn't have a calculator with me, so I didn't have a lot of time. So yes, the human race has drastically increased. Also, this story is dystopian, uh, so it's going to be slightly darker than some of my other like fantasy stories. And that's just, I think as I'm starting to get older and to mature, I'm reading more darker stories. So this one will be maybe like a little bit more violent. I, I don't really know yet, but it might be a little bit darker than some of my other ones. Uh, so as long as you don't mind that, then we'll get into it. So, 
Number one is Crystillium, which is a political organization that will control that controls the entire world beginning in the year 2046, but went bankrupt shortly after due to financial and funding issues. Uh, second is the Cranston Corporation, which is a respectable science corporation started in 2043, company accredited with the creation of paradises and the Drain the Oceans project, speculated to have spent over $30 billion in bribes to the Crystillion to work le- Crystillium, sorry, to work legally. Then we have outsiders. The outsiders are the group of 6,874,932 people who are denied access to paradise as part of Vildar Kranz's attempts to sway political opponents during the 2049 election and decision of the draining of the oceans. The number has increased and decreased over time, though in the recording of 2068 was inaccurately said to be 168,327. While the exact number is unknown, it is speculated that, that, that it is in the millions. Next, we have Paradise. Paradises are perfect ecosystems designed for human life with populations of 1 to 60 million people. As of the recording in 2068, 7,384 paradises, paradise systems existed on Earth's surface. Two experimental space paradises both ended in disastrous results. Ancient language. A combination of Latin and Hebrew that was the last language saved from before the Advancement Age in 2039. Then there's outsider code, a code used by outsiders connected numbers to letters. This is used in naming tribe bunkers and sending messages, both in standard communication language and in ancient language. Um, example, 0 equals A, 1 equals B, 2 equals C, etc. C standard communication, and like, oh, that's for people who are reading this. Uh, sand glider. Uh, device used to travel long distances in desert terrains and scout water. Standard communication language is language and communicating wait what does that say language and communicating service used by the crystallium and others a combination of english mandarin and coves divided by the crystallium uh then we have a tungsten gear a piece of metal used to stop sand gliders invented by the milo or 12 8 11 14 tribe uh grisen a vocal tool used by the v tribe to intimidate their enemies often adds a level of sharpness and command to a person's voice uh, then we have eye implant, microscopic LED injection injected into one's eyes to change their color, strengthen someone's vision, or make the eyes glow. These can only be created and implanted in paradise modification booths as they require a strong source of power and money. Then we have a matter segmenter, which is a weapon used to cut any solids. Oftentimes, segmenters are designed in the shape of a knife or a sword, only used by paradise soldiers to uh, discipline unruly citizens of paradises. Uh, we have the sand oath, oath of, or the oath of the sand, which is a bond created between two people brought on by a sacred oath, asking the sands will swallow those who break it. While unclear if who, those who break it are swallowed by the sands, as the re- religion suggests, it is known that those who break these oaths are often outcast by their tribe. And then finally, we have bunker or bunker cavern. A place where a group of outsiders' tribes live as well as the lowered area, usually 30 to 90 feet under desert floor level, in which the bunker door is carved in. So with that, we have wasted four minutes reading. Hopefully I won't have to do that in all the other episodes. Let's get into the story, or the first episode of the story, which is, the story is Savior of the Desert, and this is called Savior of the Desert. Who would have guessed? And hopefully I'll be able to read the whole four pages that i have for this part uh but we'll see and i'm hope i don't know how long the second part's gonna be yet but i'm still writing so let's get into it 
The sun dimmed, and the sand of the Atlantic desert glistened with a golden light as the skies faded into a beautiful purple and orange hue. Summer watched the last sunset she would ever see, knowing that when the sun was gone, the cold would come and there would be no chance for her to survive. Slowly, she lowered her body as she had done so many times before and dug her hands into the sand, looking for a sign of water, and felt the sudden rush of hopelessness, knowing she would never again see her mother or her brother. There was no water in this area, and she wouldn't be able to find any for miles. She was angry, knowing that th- this place had once been had been had once had so much water and life that no one ha- would ever ha- worry about hunger or thirst. Yet the Crystallium needed its money. Vildar Cranston needed to create the paradise, and he had to leave millions of people out of these paradises to show skeptics that draining the ocean was necessary. That this is how we must survive. If the oceans will eventually bring our doom because of global warming, he once said, then we must destroy them and save our people from death. And those who are given the right to live within these the walls of the of these lovely paradises, these places where hunger and hunger and thirst was forgotten, where water was not worried about, they did not concern themselves with the survival efforts of us outside the wall. Yet those outside survived, except for Summer. Now she joined one of Cranston's statistics. She could hear him saying, And you see, another 10,000 outsiders have died. Soon they will all be gone, and the experiment can end. Which would be responded to by cheers from the crowd of paradise dwellers, whose largest concern that day would be which hat they should wear to meet the shield's reflective heat. And yet, here Summer sat, in the desert, watching the sun leave her, desperately hoping it would stay in the sky for just a few more hours, maybe giving her a chance to get back to the bunker cabin. She knew deep down that nothing could stop the sun's descent, and nothing could stop her death. Slowly, she laid her body onto the chilling sand, and let the cold which was slowly embracing her take over. Her eyes closed, and she slipped into a deep sleep. Summer was woken by a roar in the distance and a sound of hissing. It was a sand glider, similar to the one that dropped her in the sand desert, in the deep desert, sorry. Its main hull was around the size of a queen's bed, and it flung itself across the sand, slowly searching the ground for a sign of damp sand, or more importantly, water. Summer sensed that the temperature around her was mid-forties, not enough to induce hypothermia, but still dangerous if not properly protected in the open dunes. She used the pain of her hunger and thirst to sharpen her senses, and as the glider grew closer, she saw etched into its side the numbers 21-8. Summer translated the numbers to outsider code and found the word V, the tribe of strengths, a great enemy to Summer's tribe. Slowly, Summer reached into her pocket and produced a small metal gear. When a scare is near you, her mother once told her, they are on the trail of water or have it. So if you ever, if you should ever be in the desert and in need of water, an unfriendly glider may be the glider may be the key to your survival. She had been given this small gear afterwards, a way to stop a scare should you need to. Yet it was dangerous and a last resort effort, only to be used if you were in a situation like Summer was in now. As the glider approached, she approached. She turned and. She turned the gear in her hand and prepared to stop the giant metal creature and free her from death's path. Now she had a clear view of the beast that could save her life or bring her doom. Its small body lifted ten feet off the ground, hundreds of gears and pulleys underneath to keep it gliding across the sand. Like a skier on snow she once saw in a, recording, in a video recording of life before paradises. The main hull was s- simple, rectangular was a simple rectangle sitting atop its complex systems to scan the sand for H2O, the substance that was so scarce out there. 
On the front there were windows with a fizzling light from within the creature, and two blinding lights on front on front na- on the front navigated the creature through the desert. As the beast flew past her, she shoved her hand deep into the mechanical bottom, felt a horrible pain as the wheels crushed every bone in her hand, and as the unit grinded to a stop trying to destroy the little gear that locked it in place. She pulled her hand back and heard the sound of the iron door of the machine open, and heard in V-code as she had been trained, Why have we stopped? We must get a move on. The voice belonged to a man, and through her voice recognition skills, she could tell this man was young and impatient. A woman's voice responded to him. It is a tungsten gear. There is a twelve, eight, eleven, fourteen around us. Fearing case summer, as she realized her presence was known. The woman says, she wishes to take our water. She wants us to leave our glider unattended, and while we fix the bugs, she will steal our ride. No, 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 my dear girl. It will not be that easy. Find her she said. If you play this right, Summer thought, you can take their their glider and their water. Yet there were so many variables, so many ways this could go wrong. A third voice, belonging to a man of undeterminable age, yelled, We can destroy it! The retractable stairs of the glider lowered, and the three figures exited and began a low chant in Grisen. Summer removed from her pocket a paralyzing needle, another tool gifted to her by her tribe. Paralyzing needles will stop an enemy, but only one, so use it wisely, her instructor once said. Suddenly, a scowling face filtered view. Here is the dirty little desert cat, he said. He said the word cat with a subtle grease and tone. His eyes glowed with intensity in the dark desert, as if a non-existent light was shining into them. His skin was scarred and and a dark beard covered the bottom half of his face. The word cat hit her, struck her with such intensity, an insult to her and her whole tribe. Without thinking, she dug the needle deep into his thigh. He gave out a cry and fell to one side, frozen, trapped as all his muscles went rigid. Summer found it odd that this soldier of the V had not deflected her needle. The mistake was quite obvious, she knew. Never just jab a needle into a V soldier. They can sense it. You must wait and strike them when they are distracted and the glint in his eyes made her think. Perhaps it was eye implants, but those could only be embedded in paradise modification boots. From around the glider, the young impatient man came over, shouting a battle cry in ancient language in a strong Grecian tone. Desert or Sider Hatul! Desert or Sider Hatul! He is fierce, Summer thought, but he will make a mistake if manipulated correctly. As he caught sight of her, she began to run toward the nearest dune. The mound of sand raised fifty feet off the ground and was made of firmly packed debris. In the dark, the sand had a blue tint, and as Summer fought her thirst and hunger, she continued to run, hearing the sounds of of the battle cry, "'Kill the desert cat!' ringing through the silent night." One, uh, once at the top of the dune, she slowed her pace and laid on the hill, waiting for the soldier. She heard his footsteps before, he saw, before she saw him, and he felt her tripping him before he saw her. He tumbled down the dune into a cavern deep below. As she moved back towards the glider, Summer wondered why these fighters had been so inferior to other V-soldiers. They had made slip-ups that V-soldiers would never do, like tripping into a cavern because he didn't survey their surroundings. And their glider was left completely unwatched. No, there was a woman with them. From her point of of view on the dune, the glider was unattended, unattended. So where was the woman? Suddenly a voice came from behind her. Fighting will not be worth it. You may have bested those paradise dwellers, but you will not beat me. 
Summer turned to see a figure who had every marking of a true V soldier. She wore battle armor that protected her chest and lower body. Her eyes had a hue of gray that made them seem colorless. Her face had a mark of the trying, a ritual performed on the greatest warriors of the V. In her hand, she held a matter segmenter, a weapon only used by paradise officers. We were given many gifts by those paradise dwellers, but we do not accept their mission. We wish to warn your people of the great dangers coming your way. Now please, come with me to the glider. As the soldier slow, slowly lowered her segmenter, Summer dashed past her and towards the beast of a machine. Stop! Being an idiot, girl. They wish to destroy us. The soldier shouted with a horrible, snarling grisen. That Krenson always gets his way. They tried to recruit us. We have become a nuisance to him. I swear it upon the sands of this one sea. A sand oath was sacred, Summer knew. But this woman was strange, and the V were an evil people. They killed viciously and cared for nothing but their greatness and survival, ensuring that their brutality would never be forgotten. Nonetheless, truth lied in her voice, and she had made an oath that no one ever broke, the oath of the sand. Then let the sand swallow those who break it, Summer said, disturbed at the blind trust she was taught to destroy inside her. I am arm. Arminix of the V-Tribe, who be you? Summer recognized the ancient language, replied with, I am Aestus, that which brings light and heat, of the Khatul Milo tribe. Khatul Milo, Summer thought, how funny that her tribe was named after a cat, and how awful was the abuse they received for her, their name. Come then, Summer of the Desert Walkers, I have water for you. Follow me, the soldier said. And entranced by the promise of water, Summer obeyed, obeyed and moved toward her savior or her greatest enemy as the sun rose outside summer awoke within the cramp the cramped glider skimming across the sand at a slow 234 miles per hour inside was the customary control planner panel the brake lever lever a chair and some bed pads the interior also had a small pipe catching all the water of the desert summer checked the compass made sure they were still moving east towards the bunker cabin she then increased the speed by a few ten miles per hour. Slowly, Arminix arose from her pad, slipped toward the tube, and removed the bottle under it, handing it to Summer. Hydrate, dear girl. You'll need your strength against those dwellers when they come. And please, let me mend your hand. Summer had nearly forgotten about her hand, but at the mention of it, it began to ache and hurt. Arminix removed from from the control panel pocket a first aid kit and from it she pulled out a syringe with a transparent liquid inside this should mend the broken bones but i warn you it is not enjoyable she removed the cap and slowly administered the, the medicine into summer's hand the control panel began to beep as an automated voice cried rapid descent covered in 264 miles arrival in 0 0.7645 Two five nine nine three eight eight minutes. Arminix reached the brake level, pulled, and said, "You must not strain your hand; it will create more discomfort." Summer prepared for braking as the machine buried its lower half into the sand, just as the dip of the cavern came into view. Something was off, though, and as Summer wiped the grime off the window, horror struck her as she saw the image in front of them. Smoke billowed as fires raged in the early morning. As they got closer, oh, in the early morning, comma. Uh, as they got closer, she saw warriors battling on the sands of the entrance of the bunker. What's happened? Who are they? Summer barely spoke, her voice cracking before she could continue. They are Kranson's people. 
I warned you, Armin X replied. The battle did not stop, and she watched as these cruel humans burn and slice through the members of her families. A family. They will not rest until your tribe is gone, but your people will give up a good fight. I know from personal experience. Summer watched, still horrified at the battle that lay in front of her, viewing the faces of beloved friends as they fought for their survival. We must go now, Armnick said. I would help them if I could, but we must keep you safe, for you will be the last survivor. You will become the Milo Felices Servatorem Deserti, the savior of the desert. All right, thank you for tuning in. I have forgotten how happy this makes me feel, and I forget every time I take a break from recording. It is just so awesome. It's It makes me really happy to do this, so I'm really glad that I've gotten back into it. I quickly wanted to say I was recently listening to some of my very old episodes, including the, uh, my uh, New Year's Eve Spectacular for that was in 2019. It's very old, and it talks a lot about me being excited for uh, 2020, uh, how wrong I was, um, so, yeah, just please ignore that, please also ignore the comments I made about politics, because I really, I don't know why I said that, I do not enjoy politics, at least 2020 has made me hate politics, I think, because of all the ridiculousness that's happened, I have my own political reviews, and, um, like, I don't think this is like the right place to voice them, but I do believe that right now the right person is president, I don't think who we previously had, who I don't want to mention their name because they really upset me as a person, was ever a good person. What they did was awful things, and I think the violence that they incited was even worse. Uh, So yeah, please disregard all those remarks that I made because I do not hold those beliefs anymore. Uh, Or, well, I didn't, I never really held those beliefs. I don't know why I said that. Uh, But yeah, so... With that out of the way, thank you so much for watching. And in the future, possibly, I might have a uh, a, co- uh, a guest host just to help me get on a more, uh, like, a standard, like, not standard, I don't know. I can't think of the word right now. But I'm considering three different people who are all really great people. And all three of them are in a great creative writing program at my school. So they all are very good writers. So I'm going to probably help have them help me with my stories. But anyways point of this is i'm back i'm gonna try and do it in two weeks so look out for the next episode uh and yes i'm gonna be taking down all the dragon return episodes so let me end this by saying thank you for listening and tune in next time from jonah fisher this is goodbye